In this episode of Dietitians Only, we interview travel dietitian Annifer Barrera. She shares her journey as a Dietitians On Demand travel dietitian and how it was the hard reset her career needed. If you're curious about what it's like to work as a traveling consultant, tune in to hear her firsthand account. You're listening to Dietitians Only, a podcast from Dietitians On Demand, created by dietitians for dietitians. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Dietitians Only. This is Sarah Glanz with Dietitians On Demand, and today we have a guest speaker here with us. It's Annifer Barrera, and Annifer is a registered dietitian, of course, and she is going to be talking a little bit about her recent experience working as a traveling dietitian with Dietitians On Demand. Uh, So I'm really excited to get into today's conversation. Uh, So you want to say a few words, Annifer, introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I um, I'm Annifer. I'm a dietitian with a Master's of Public Health, and I'm intuitive eating and weight inclusive aligned. But I'm super, super happy to be talking with y'all because I love dietitians on demand. I feel like it was the first segue into me really loving my career path that I picked. So I yeah, I'm just excited to be advocating for y'all and talking to y'all because I'm very, very grateful for, for DOD. Awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you and I'm glad that you had such a great experience working for Dietitians On Demand. So how long have you been practicing as a dietitian? Yeah, I graduated in 2020. So it was the internship and master's combined. And I took my first job at a hospital that I did my internship at. And it was just a different, it was a totally different experience once COVID hit versus when I was interning pre-COVID. So (laughs) it was just, yeah, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I feel like I was immediately assigned to the COVID unit and the pay was a little painful given that I do speak Spanish and I had my master's and I was a little bit older than the rest of my cohort. So It was just like not, I don't know, I was a little disillusioned with my very first permanent full-time job, clinical job. Yeah, so 2020 to now, 2023, so it's been three years. I was a clinical dietitian for two and a half of those three years. Okay, so that kind of, I assume, led you into the world of consulting or how did you make the transition from going to from a full-time gig to looking for consultant opportunities? Yeah, I went from a full-time to, I always, so I was always doing my full-time clinical job with outpatient or like private practice clients on the side. And I worked for a group practice. So I would see them on the weekends and you know what, that was probably my first mistake. (laughs) Um, Cause I was seeing a lot of like eating disorders and stuff. And it was just, I think I didn't let myself transition slowly but so I, I left my full-time job thinking, okay, I'll just do private practice full-time. And of course I was like, wait a minute, I still have all my like debts from being a grad student and coming out of that with zeros, you know? So I was like, wait a minute, I still need like to reimburse myself for all that I paid for becoming a dietitian, right? And then I heard about dietitians on demand and I was like, oh, I'll just do one quick month of being a travel dietitian and that'll give me enough 
uh, leeway to start my own business because (laughs) it was like a short, quick segment. I still liked being a clinical dietitian, but I wasn't seeing like the big picture. I was like, Ooh, can I do this the rest of my life? Right. So, um, I was like, Ooh, I'll do one quick month in San Antonio. Cause that was what was being posted. It was one month and, and I'll commit to my private practice, right. I'll commit to, to counseling. And I was just obsessed with it. I was obsessed with the team that I joined the, um, the appreciation when you're a travel dietitian, you are just, you're coming into an environment that really needs you and it changes the entire dynamic, right? So I see you kind of closing your eyes like, yes, this is so true, but it's nuanced. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It is so true. And uh, I don't know if you know this. I know we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I started my journey with dietitians on demand as a traveling dietitian. And when you say that you're coming in and it's like, everybody's so grateful to have you there and they're so welcoming. That was what always struck me. Every time I started a new assignment, you're like walking into a strange facility. You don't know anyone. And it was usually covering like long-term vacancies. You know, they haven't been able to hire anybody. And so it's already like a less than ideal scenario because the other dietitians have been carrying the burden Mm, of that. Yes, poor girls. When you come in, it's like, thank God you are here, (laughs) you know? And so I don't know if that was your experience too, but it is so different as far as like the level of, um, entirely, you know, appreciation and not that you like ride in on a magic carpet or anything, but you know, it's like, they're just so grateful to have you and you're immediately part of the team Mm -hmm. and it's such a different vibe than when you are just, you know, working a like traditional full-time job entirely different. And I say it's nuanced because it's not something tangible. It's like you're in this role, right? And you might be doing the exact same thing that you did as a full-time clinical dietitian. I mean, minus some of the like admin, like productivity. I guess I did still do productivity, but there were certain things that like I didn't have to worry about as a traveler. Like it was mostly like patient care is your number one priority and like see as many patients as you can. But it's like, it's a feeling, right? That goes with you in your day to day that you're like, the director was grateful to have me there. The diet, the team was grateful to have me there. And I was like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is so different from me being like, almost like a burden. Like, I hate to put it that way, but like my first job, the girls made it really known or like my manager made it really known that they made this position for me specifically. So they were like, we had to fight to, to hire a fourth dietitian. So you really need to show that you are worth. Like worthy of being here essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it was constantly, gosh, that's a hard position to be in, especially as a new dietitian. But, and and so I get it from the manager's perspective because they really, really wanted to show like their COO or C, you know, um, CFO that like, it was worth it to have that fourth position, but it was, it was a feeling, right? It was that feeling of, I need to do more. I need to do more. And like, am I enough? to like going into this setting of like immediately like, Oh, like you're going to help us see more patients than we were seeing without you. 
So like, yeah, like we're so glad you're here. There you go. Yeah. Have fun, you know, I mean, not really have fun, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, I really liked when you uh, first started talking about, you know, you found dietitians on demand and you felt like you could just take this one month assignment and reimburse yourself for the money that you yes. spent to become a dietitian. And I think that's such a unique way to look at it, but yes, it sounds like other than just financial compensation, you kind of, it filled your cup a little bit, you know, after coming out of this mm-hmm. environment that you've, were kind of downtrodden and, you know, big time felt depleted and you came into this other scenario and you just felt like I, they love me and, you know, they're so happy I'm here. And yeah, like you said, one thing also that struck me as a traveler is you don't have all of the administrative type responsibilities. So like if you run out of two feeding formula, well, not to say that's not my problem, but at the same time, you're not the one doing the ordering. Yes. So you're just there to help with patient care and kind of do what you do best. And you don't have to be the the go-to person for when problems arise. I know. (laughs) I know. We were so, I was so spoiled. Like it is such a spoiled position that like ironically pays better. And, and let me go ahead and also say like my very first job was my very first career job. Right. So there is a sense of like all the baggage that that comes with, you're learning things like, and you have that huge learning curve and you're feeling like an imposter and you're feeling like, you know, all the insecurities that that comes with naturally. And then I took my first travel job and I was like, Ooh, now I come with confidence. So there's a little bit of that too, but yeah, the financial aspect paired with almost like not to say less work, but like less of like the work that you're not fond (laughs) of as a dietitian, right. Mm -hmm. The stuff that you're not trained in MNT for and stuff like the stuff that we don't get stoked about it was, it was such a, like, I was pinching myself. So I kept extending, they kept extending me and I was like, yeah, I'm staying forever. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad it was a a really good experience for you, you know, and professionally, but also just personally, it sounds like it was really what you needed in that moment. Yeah, totally. It was. Yeah. So can you, one question we get a lot about traveling dietetics or, you know, working as a traveling dietitian is how does it work? So can you just maybe give a brief synopsis of what what was the process like for you to make the transition to being a traveler and like, how did you find housing and did you have to get a different state licensure? Did you have to move? You know, can you kind of like just share the logistics? Yeah, I love that's a good question because it was so seamless, like so insanely easy and seamless. But granted, this was in 2020 when I think that y'all were probably in a big growth spurt, I'm assuming. I don't know. Dietitians on demand. Well, it depends on what time of 2020, because we did have like a slowdown when, you know, everything shut down and. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. It was 2021 after I had been a clinical dietitian for a while. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We've been definitely in a big growth spurt yes. ever since then. Yeah. So um, it was, you know, I don't know what the systems are like now, a year and a half later or two years later. So I guess it would be two years later because it was around April of 2021. Lindell, which is still very hands-on with you guys right now, but she just, she pretty much 
did everything for me. Like all I had to do is see on the website that there was a one month position of San, in San Antonio and I'm already licensed in Texas. That was where I got my master's and that was where I took my first job. So yeah, I just saw and I applied and, you know, I think Lindell was like, Hey, I saw that you were interested. Let me get you, you know, let me get your resume and let me get you an interview. And then like one thing led to another and it was, it was just the easiest job to ever apply for. <laughs> like there are just like the benefits outweigh the cons like tenfold. It's, it's crazy because the amount of work you have to go through to apply for like a clinical job locally is like, okay, so I was an Aramark employee and a hospital employee, right? So you're applying to both, right? And then you're giving them all of these prerequisites to be a hospital employee, right? Like it's like, I don't know, background check and all those things. So I guess I already had like my, my, um, all my shots and everything like that. And my background check and stuff that she was able to carry over. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's like half of that process, if not shorter. And yeah, she was able to get me on the phone with the director and they handled, or you guys handled housing. So that was included in the package. There was a short conversation of like, okay, what is my pay going to be? But this is the craziest thing is like, you are not the hospital, right? So my, my hiring agency, Dietitians on Demand, isn't the hospital. So you were actually on my side. So Lindell was like, ooh, maybe I can move some things around. So like, this can be your stipend and this will be your taxable income and stuff. So that was total game changer too, right? Because normally you're negotiating with your employer directly. Right. Someone who doesn't want to pay you more. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they took care of, they put me in a hotel, which at the time I was only going to be there for a month. So I was like, Ooh, this is going to be an adventure, but I ended up staying in that hotel for like four months. (laughs) Um, Well, you really rank up the, or rack up the uh, hotel rewards points if you, you know, are staying that long. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think the hospital does because they paid for it. Uh, Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know from my own experience, if you're paying, you know, out of your personal stipend, stipend, I mean, goodness, you can get to like Marriott platinum status in no time. (laughs) Well, now I feel, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm glad that I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. Like it was so close to the hospital that I was like practically walk. I was walking distance. Um, Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, living out of the hotel has pros and cons, but like I, I'm a dietitian who doesn't love to cook. So it was kind of like a luxury of like one less thing to worry about. I would just get like H-E-B simple meals <laughs> perfect, <laughs> and get fed at work, which that was another huge thing. I came from a hospital who didn't feed us to now I'm at this hospital that's paying me better, appreciating me more and also feeding me breakfast and lunch every day. And they just fed their dietitians. That's awesome. I know that's such a great perk, honestly, when you don't have to worry about packing or buying a lunch. That was always one of the best perks that I could ever imagine. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. I was like, wow, I'm pinching myself. Are you interested in working as a traveling dietitian, but not sure how to start? First, visit the Dietitians on Demand job board. Search for the keyword travel. This brings up any position that is available for a travel dietitian. Submit your resume and our team will be in touch. Do you still have questions? Check the show notes for a link to our comprehensive travel blog. 
It answers the most common traveling dietitian questions. What are you waiting for? Your next adventure could be just a few clicks away. Awesome. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it was, you know, a fairly easy process for you. Did you have any, like, it sounds like it was all sunshine and roses, but uh, did you have any, you know, struggles or challenges during your traveling days, you know, something that you felt like you could have been done differently or you had to overcome? I'm trying to think. Like, okay, after that first hospital job then I took one with a long-term care facility and they didn't have anyone they didn't have a single dietitian on staff so that was challenging and also amazing and liberating I was like wait I'm in charge of myself (laughs) so that was amazing it was like okay like what am I capable of doing if if no one is I'm not accountable I'm not being held accountable by any other dietitian who knows my role. And so like figuring out who do I reach out for help? What answers can I get answered on my own? Truly feeling disciplined, but also like self. Kind of like had more autonomy. Um, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like more autonomy, but like, let's see what I'm capable of when I'm left to my own devices mm-hmm. and it was it was exciting but at first I was like oh this is scary and like oh I'm gonna mess up a lot but I don't know they were I mean they gave me a lot of again appreciation and positive feedback to where they were like can you stay and like can you come back and things like that that I was like okay I did a good job but like at the time I had no idea if I was doing a right. good job because there was no one to tell me what to do or how to do it mm-hmm. So in that case, did you just seem, you know, kind of like figure it out on your own or did you reach out to someone or how did you navigate that? A combination, a combination. Yeah, I did. I'm a very, like, I believe there's wisdom in like community and, and collaborate collaboration. So I had no issue reaching out to people. So I would reach out to like the head nurse and the social worker and like everyone that was hands-on in the location. And then I reached out, I think once or twice with like the executive, whatever dietitian who oversees like the entire, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like five different States. And I was like, I'm so sorry to like take up your time, but like, we can't figure this out. And honestly, it was funny because the food service manager was even grateful that I had that contact. And I was like, well, I don't really, you know, she told me I could reach out to her. I don't really know what I'm doing. So let's just reach out to her. Um, And she was like super friendly. So a little, a combination of both. Like I had no issue reaching out for help, but I was also like, okay, let's, you know, spend a little bit of extra time. Like, let me stay late this day and like, look through all of the books and the resources that they left me, the emails that I've gotten from the previous dietitians and sort it all out. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think that highlights one of the really good skills that consultant dietitians and especially traveling dietitians have is just resourcefulness and self-sufficiency. You know, it's not that you can't get help, but also if you are pretty confident in yourself and your skills and you have a little bit of that drive that you can figure things out on your own, 
then a travel assignment is probably the perfect type of working environment for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it did help that I came in with that confidence from, you know, like my first travel position, I came in with some confidence for my first job. And then my second travel position, the one that it was long-term care, I came in with like a lot more confidence because of all that feed positive feedback from my sec from that first travel job. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so what are some other resources that you would maybe recommend to other dietitians if they're traveling or they're starting out as a consultant? Um, what are some good resources for people to look into? Yeah, I did a lot of DODs, especially as a travel dietitian. Y'all give us credits to use your CEUs. So I did a lot of DODs, um, continuing education and learning a little bit more about what patients I was seeing. So if it was like a renal patient or TPN or things like that, it was so easy to watch a quick webinar refresher from my MNT courses. But one of my favorite resources is just using the people around you. So doing your CEUs and then combining that with having that open discussion with your team, or like I said, in this long-term care, it wasn't even my team. It was like other disciplines. Those were my two favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. I think that's good advice. Um, And do you have any advice for a dietitian who has, you know, been interested in traveling, but maybe is a little nervous to take the plunge? What would you say to them? I think it's pretty obvious how I feel about traveling because I loved it so much and I was so grateful for it. Trying to think if I were nervous. I mean, maybe if you're really nervous, start semi-locally. Like I started in Texas. Granted, Texas is a massive state, so I was still far, but there it was like kind of familiar territory that was probably very helpful for me to branch out of my comfort zone and be in a somewhat new place, but not entirely foreign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe start, start within your state, start, or maybe, you know, it's a state that you're familiar with start there. And then I guess you have to, we all have to weigh like, what are we able to benefit from this and what are we leaving behind right so if you've got a family that's a factor that I didn't have to weigh or like is your partner remote and can they travel with you that could be incredibly exciting Mm -hmm. Um, I met multiple dietitians who their partner would travel with them or like it was a nice little break with (laughs) within the family that like (laughs) you know the dietitian got to like travel without being on vacation And then the family would like unite on weekends or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. And I, I really like what you said about starting local or a little more local, you know, um, Mm -hmm. my neighbor, actually, he's not a dietitian, but he is a radiology tech and he is embarking on his first travel assignment and it's about maybe four hours away. So it's, he's living up there, but he still has the opportunity to come home on weekends and Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So it is a little bit of a, you're easing into it as opposed to you're on the other side of the country and you can't come home for three months, you know? Yes. So I think that's really great advice that if you're a little nervous, yeah, seek out something that's a little more local to you. Yeah, that's what I did. And I wouldn't change a thing because my first job was 
in San Antonio and I'm from Dallas. So it was like four hours away and I knew one person in the city. But then my last travel job, I kept extending there too. And I was in the middle of nowhere, California, like way up north. Didn't know a single soul. Didn't know the town at all. I mean, the girls were just incredible. I'm going to visit them this summer. (laughs) We're having like a dietitian pool party, but dietitian yeah. um but yeah and I I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if that had been my very first assignment but after having my toes wet in traveling and then doing my last one in the middle of nowhere across the continent from me I wouldn't have changed a thing mm-hmm. that's awesome um Well, we're kind of running out of time now, but I want to give you the opportunity if you had any, you know, final thoughts or anything that we didn't talk about that you definitely wanted to share with our audience. Hmm. This might not be specific to traveling, but specific to being a dietitian, I would say I had this idea that it was, I mean, I just had this idea in my head of what being a dietitian meant. And I recently talked to Lindell about this on the phone and it's like, as you get to know dietitians who are well-seasoned, there is no perfect linear path or like it really doesn't meet your expectations. And I don't see a reason that traveling shouldn't fit in your path. You can do it at any time, right? So say you like left clinical a long time ago and you dabbled in retail or something like that. You can really utilize this at any time. And I don't know. It's like, have fun with like the amount of breath that you can experience in this role because yeah, I mean, doing the same thing for years and years can get almost limiting. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. And I have a friend who's a dietitian and she has had, um, you know, different stages in her career and she's done Um, In fact, her most recent job was not even as a dietitian at all. It was as like a research assistant for a medical school. And so she, you know, obviously her knowledge of healthcare and medicine and that realm came in handy, but it was not really a dietitian position per se. But she recently had the same epiphany about her career that it doesn't have to be linear that you you just like okay I go from this to a promotion to another promotion to another promotion like Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna have ups and downs and life happens and families start and you know different things happen and so you may need like you said that breather that you had and some sort of job to come along to fill you back up after something that was more depleting. So. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It helped me have like the novelty and like not burn out. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. I'm sure that's good for a lot of people to hear too, because I know a lot of clinical dietitians are feeling very burned out. So Mm -hmm. if you're feeling that way, you know, it's okay to sidestep and try something new. Totally. Totally. Well, awesome. This has been such a good conversation, Annifer. Um, I really appreciate you taking some time to to do this today and uh, 
chat with me about your traveling um, experiences. It was really cool to hear about um, what your experience was like. So thanks for having me, Sarah. It was fun. Yeah, well, good. Well, maybe we'll have you have you back someday. But uh, for now, we'll just we'll sign off for the day. Um, And everyone listening, we hope you'll join us again soon um, at Dietitians Only. So hope you have a great day. Bye. As a listener of Dietitians Only, your opinion matters. What do you like about the podcast? Who do you want us to interview next? We invite you to visit our show notes to complete a quick survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback will help us create future episodes that you'll love. Thanks for listening to Dietitians Only, a podcast produced by Dietitians On Demand. If you need a break today, scroll over to the review section of the podcast and leave us one. Your feedback is the best way to help the podcast grow. Dietitians On Demand employs hundreds of dietitians nationwide and elevates the profession with simple yet effective practice resources like this podcast. Don't forget to stay connected with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram.